Well, good morning again to you all. It's wonderful to be back together. If any of you watch the other services from our other Trinity locations, especially the sermon, if you watch that or listen to that last week from the West Side, uh, you will have heard Chris mention a really significant article. He talked about an article by a man named Andy Crouch. Many of you will know that name. Andy Crouch is a significant evangelical thought leader uh, in our world today. And he wrote an article right around the time this pandemic was really hitting back in uh, March, I believe it was. And in that article, he talks about viewing this season, not just as a blizzard that comes in and then blows through and moves along, but he said, think of it more as a winter or even an ice age, a prolonged season of disruption. And he said, this really uh, can be a guiding theme, a guiding image for us in the church, especially as we think through how do we live as a church through these disorienting times. We as a staff team have really found that article to be significant. We've sat with it many times. And even this week, it has come up in conversation three or four times in different places across our Trinity leadership teams. Uh, and I say that because I really, I had to smile this week as I opened up our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book to our chapter for this week. And the very first sentence in that chapter is this sentence. Scazzaro says, we live in a blizzard and few of us have a rope. We live in a blizzard and few of us have a rope. If Crouch were writing that, he might've said, we live in an ice age and few of us have a rope. What, what do we mean by that? What does that phrase mean? Especially that idea of a rope. Well, Scazzaro in this chapter is using this idea of a storm, a wintry storm that is so severe, so dense that you can't even see your way from your home maybe to your car or if you live out in the country to your barn. And he said, often people in those more remote rural settings would literally tie a rope from one building to another and they would cling to that rope and follow it in the storm so they did not get lost. So they actually had a way through this confusion, through the storm and the disorientation that that brings. And so he says, you need a rope, a rope to help you from being lost, to give you that guidance that you need, something to cling to. And I think that's a really significant image for us to sit with today and a significant image for us in this winter season, in this blizzard season, because I, this seems to be carrying on and on. If you've read the news the last few days or the last week or so, you've seen we are not out of this at all by any stretch of the imagination. This pandemic seems to carry on, on and on now into the fall, most likely. And so we're having to learn how do we find a way through not just a, a storm that comes in goes, but how do we find our way through an ice age, through a winter, through this extended season? Because I think we've all felt the confusion. We've all felt disoriented in one way or another at different times over the last few months. You've longed for a rope. You've groped about in the darkness or in the storm and said, where is something firm and stable that I can cling to, that I can hold on to? We need this. We need something that will guide us through. I say all of that to say, 
The only way we can do this, the only way we find a way to flourish even, to find our life in the goodness of God in seasons like these, are to receive the gifts that God has given to his people over the centuries and to receive those as gifts that he offers to us to say, here's a rope, here's a lifeline, here's a way for you to find your way through a storm, even when you're caught in the thick of it. And I say all of that because in Exodus 20, which is where I want us to focus our attention today, our our reading from Exodus 20, it's where you find the 10 commandments, one of the most famous passages in the whole of the scriptures. And using this image, the 10 commandments in some ways are like a rope through a storm. The 10 commandments are God's way of saying, here is a way for you to find your way through when you feel disoriented. Here's a way to enter into the rest and the peace of God, even in the midst of a storm. And in the middle of those 10 commandments, we have one that we read today that I want us to focus on. We hear these words this morning, remember the Sabbath day, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. There's a lot we could say about the Sabbath. I was reminded this morning that Lydia Foreman, our pastoral intern, has taught a whole class on the Sabbath. And so if you want to dig deeper, go find Lydia, text her, call her, email her. She loves it and she wants to spend her whole week talking to you about the Sabbath. I'm just going to say a few things about the Sabbath today because it is really significant. We could teach a whole class on the Sabbath and maybe someday we will and should. But to Sabbath at its most basic levels, to Sabbath just literally means to stop. To Sabbath is to stop. It's to cease from your activities and your strivings and to be still, to be still. Uh, The Jews have always kept Sabbath central to their way of living. And this is true all the way to this present day. You see this even in modern day Israel. Some of you will remember last fall, Rachel and I spent two weeks in Israel. It was an incredible trip. There's so many things we could reflect on from that trip. But one of the things, since we were there two weeks, we were there for two different Sabbaths. And it was amazing to see even in modern day Israel, the way that they still keep the Sabbath so profoundly. I mean, I I remember staying in a hotel. If you've been to Israel on a Sabbath, you will have seen this. They have an auto setting on the elevators. They set the elevators to Sabbath mode, quite literally, because for them to push the button on the elevator to go to the next level is considered a form of work considered a form of work. And so they just set them where the doors stay open and they stop on every level. And so uh, quite literally, you see the way in which Sabbath is still to this day rooted and really kind of baked into their way of life. It's remarkable to see, absolutely remarkable. Um, When I was there, I have to be honest, when I was there, I saw that and I kind of rolled my eyes a bit. I thought, this is incredibly legalistic. Like you're calling it work to push the button on the elevator. Like it felt like the sort of thing Jesus called out in the gospels, Uh, this kind of precision to the law without keeping the heart and the spirit behind the law. And yet, and yet as I thought about that this week, if I'm really honest, if I stop judging others for a minute and look at my own heart and my own actions, I do just have to wonder, is the Lord any more pleased at all with my own inattentiveness to the Sabbath. Because if I'm honest, if I look at my life, if we look at our lives, 
I do not think the Lord is pleased with the way that we plow through our weeks, day after day after day, seven days, and then we do it again without ever taking a moment to stop and to say, my life is dependent on God and his goodness and him upholding me every step that I take, every breath that I take, is that any less of an offense to God than this kind of uh, pristine rule following? No, I, I think there's something there for us to say, Lord, have mercy on me as sinner. I wanna look at my own heart and say, I have no room to judge others. And for us, I think our greater sin, if it's a sin to kind of have this overly legalistic approach, there's a sin for us to have this complete self-reliance and to say, I don't need the Sabbath because I'm good on my own. And whether we say that or not, our actions largely are tipping our hats in that direction and saying, that's actually what I believe in the core of my being, that I'm actually just fine and I don't need to enter into Sabbath rest. I think that's why this whole chapter this week, if you're following along with DHS, our whole chapter focuses on two things. It focuses on Sabbath keeping and the daily office. But really, if you step back from those two things, part of what Scazzaro is inviting us into is to create a rule of life for us to say, what is the, the habit of life, the intentional steps that I'm going to take towards a proactive approach to faith? Because you and I are not going to stumble our way into maturity. You and I don't just wake up one day by accident and have grown deeper in our life with Christ. We have to actually tend to this with intentionality, with faithful diligence to say, how does my life actually align with these values of a rhythm of work and a rhythm of rest? I think we get one of those much better than the other. We get work. We talk about the Protestant work ethic in our culture. We understand working and the value of work, but we don't necessarily value rest. Why is that? Why do we understand work intuitively? Why do we give ourselves to the point of complete exhaustion to work and yet we feel guilty about resting? We feel like Sabbath keeping of resting is, is a luxury for those who are able, but but it's something that is not essential to our way of life. Well, there's, there's a lot of things we could say about that, but I would say this. I think we at our core value productivity culturally, and we know that work produces something, or at least it is meant to produce something. And increasingly in our culture, especially since the industrial revolution, we have given value and attention and time to the things that create economic value, that produce a measurable good. And so we value work. And yet when we look at rest, we say, what value what value does it create? And if it doesn't create a value, I'm not going to create the time for it. That's true at a cultural macro level. It's also true in our own daily lives and in our own schedules. If that resonates with you at all, there's a book I'd encourage you to read. It's a dense read, but it's really helpful. It's by a, a Catholic theologian and philosopher called uh, Joseph Pieper. And it's a book called Leisure, the Basis of of culture. I wanted to pronounce that word leisure this morning, um, but I was told by everyone in the room that that's not how you say that word. And so it's leisure, Le leisure, the basis of culture. Here's the thing. It's a really significant book because he, he kind of 
unpacks what I just said. He says, we have a culture of total work. That's his phrase, a culture of total work. And therefore, leisure, leisure, rest, finding time to Sabbath, none of that makes sense to us because it doesn't fit into this grid of work. Here's an excerpt from that book. Here's what he says. It's really important. He says, the inmost significance of the exaggerated value which is set upon hard work appears to be this. Man seems to mistrust everything that is effortless. He can only enjoy with a good conscience what he has acquired with toil and trouble. He refused to have anything as a gift. I wanna read that one more time. The inmost significance of the exaggerated value which is set upon hard work appears to be this. Man seems to mistrust everything that is effortless. He can only enjoy with a good conscience what he has acquired with toil and trouble. He refuses to have anything as a gift. That last sentence, I believe, is the very heart of what I want us to hear and sit with today. This is the key insight from our reflection this morning. Life is a gift from God. Life in the truest, most complete sense of that word, abundant life that Jesus offers. It is a gift from God and it is not the fruit of your toil. It is not the fruit of your work or something you create by your own effort, but it is a gift given to be received. And so when you create a rule of life, a habit of being that orients around rhythms of retreat and daily office and Sabbath keeping, you are learning to live in such a way as saying, my life is not simply the sum of what I do and the work that I create, but I'm learning to live life like this with my hands open and say, life is a gift that I receive. There are many ways you and I can cultivate this, ways that we can attend or tend to this, be attentive to this in our lives. Some of those may be really specific to you, the way God has made you, your own rhythm of life, your own temperament, your own schedule constraints. And yet there are others that have come down to us for centuries as gifts that all of us should be willing to receive. Things like Sabbath keeping, things like the daily office, which really those are related. It's why Schizero, I think, puts those together today. Because in some ways, while the Sabbath is a 24, our weekly rhythm of rest, being attentive to God's presence. The daily office in some ways is a miniature Sabbath. It's a daily Sabbath where at a few points in our day, we enter into that place of rest, whether it's in the morning or in the evening, as is our custom in the Anglican tradition, or whether it's shorter periods spread out throughout the day, whatever it may be, finding ways to take that mini Sabbath, I think is really significant. It's really important for us to do. But however you do it, the point is this, that you and I must cultivate an intentional rhythm of being present to God, a way of every day, every week, every few months, having built in rhythms where we are present to God, where we center on the fact that we are upheld by his presence and that all of life is a gift to be received. 
received. And so there is a, an intentionality to this. This isn't just rest in the sense that you crash out of exhaustion, where you finally put your phone down or turn your email off, or, or it's not even just the forms of recreation uh, that we often think of. This kind of Sabbath intentional rest is not sitting on your couch and watching college football all day long. That may be restful in a certain sense, but it's not intentionally turning our hearts towards the Lord and saying, this very moment is upheld by your goodness and your mercy. And so find ways to cultivate that attentiveness to God this week even. Take a stab at praying the daily office. You know, we love the daily office here at Trinity Northside. This is something that we will encourage you time and time again to do. Also find ways to keep the Sabbath, to set a day apart. Uh, Find ways to build out this rule of life, this rhythm of life. Uh, There's three resources I wanna recommend to you as a practical next step as we wrap up. If you are not on our weekly reader email, uh, make sure you sign up between today and Wednesday. I'm going to send the links out to these resources in our Wednesday email. And so we'd love for you to get those if you want to track these down uh, and have trouble doing so. Uh, The first is our Trinity daily podcast. Uh, For the last few months, we have been putting out a daily morning reflection for about 10 minutes, like a 10 minute or so homily on one of the daily readings for that day. And it's just a really simple way to take some time in the morning or at any point in your day, really, and to sit in a prayerful posture for a few minutes and turn your heart towards the Lord. Uh, The second would be to actually pray the offices of morning prayer and evening prayer. The readings that we read are, are not just Bible readings, but they're set into a service of morning prayer and evening prayer. You'll find a link for a way to do that on Wednesday in our email, a way that actually updates automatically. So you could save that link and all the readings and the daily prayers will be automatically set depending on the time of the day that you click that link. The third link I'm gonna send out, it's a really helpful resource uh, put out by a priest in our diocese, Father Michael Jarrett, who has done quite a lot of work in the area of the daily office. And he's created a really helpful PDF resource on how to create a rule of life. And this is helpful if you're an individual, if you're single, it, it also is helpful for families. It has lots of advice on how to do so as a family. And so if you like the idea of a rule of life, but aren't really sure where to start or how to even begin, crafting those intentional rhythms of prayer in a weekly, a daily, and a monthly sort of rhythm, check out this PDF that will be in the email on Wednesday and consider crafting or taking at least a first step towards crafting a rule of life. There's more resources we could share, but those are just three that I think will encourage us in this direction of saying, life is a gift. Life is a gift given to us by God. And we want to cultivate an intentional habit of life that makes us live not out of our own anxious toil, but to receive it as a gift. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you offer us your life and you offer it as a gift. Give us the gift of attentiveness today, this week, that we may be present to you. Help us to slow down and to even stop and to see the lifeline that you offer us, the rope in the blizzard, the rope in the ice age as we continue through this unknown pandemic season. Remind us that you are with us in this place, that you lead us and that you guide us and you offer us safe and secure passage through the storm. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen.